Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? We're, we're live? Yep. Okay, cool. What's up? <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Dylan, we got Dylan Rowe on the podcast today. Yeah, he should. <laughs> Andrew Motto is hey there. back second time in a row. So yep. then myself, DJ, and Ashley. Yep. Sponsored by Push Performance mm-hmm. for all your training needs. <laughs> and tall and tapered. And tall and tapered. Yep. We gave you a shout out before, actually. Yeah. Do you listen to that part? Yeah. So who who is tall and tapered anyways? Let's give you a little 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 shout out here. Yeah, so that it's a clothing company for tall people. I'm obviously six foot ten. People don't know don't know. Never been able to have clothes that fit, so I started a clothing company <laughs> and growing it. Actually, kind of breaking news that not a lot of people know the name's changing. I have the name picked. Oh. You might drop that on here later, but I don't know. We'll yeah, gotta wait till the end. This doesn't come out till next Monday, anyways, unless yeah. we do it today, but for this yeah, week. Whatever you think. Yeah, whatever. Depends how soon Dylan want. wants his name to get dropped. Yeah, we'll see. So, <laughs> yeah, no, big things coming with that. It's been exciting. Push has been obviously. Huge help for me with that in terms of business stuff, and then also being able to be around the guys. So it's been great. I mean, it's, I love it. I love my shirt. I mean, I'm giving you a free testimonial right now. I love my shirts the most. Yeah. There we go. I I can actually wear it. Yeah, he's the tall. Yeah. yeah, the the pants are hemmed towards my height, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got any tall and taper stuff, Andrew? Uh, I sh- we should I should probably make a new brand, short and stubby. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I. I don't think you guys don't sell smalls, do you? No, you fit the shirts. What an extra small? Yeah, but yeah. So Can we tell the story about the other day? We don't way. need to do this. We don't need it. I, I need to. Here. I need to. So Andrew, I want to hear your perspective. Andrew's right? walking around, okay, in the gym, walking around like I'm Jack. I'm Jack, coach. I'm Jack. I'm like, no, you're not. And somebody's like, yeah, you're wearing a small, right? He goes, no, this is actually an extra large. Where'd you buy it from? The shirt. Urban Outfitters. What's the Urban Outfitters? He goes, yeah, this is oversized, extra large. I go, oh yeah, really. I check it, extra small. No, Homeboy small. was wearing it was a small, 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 small. Homeboy was wearing a small T-shirt. Thought he was wearing an XL. I don't have anything on that. If anyone knows, <laughs> if anyone knows anything about fashion, people sell right now. oversized clothing. Right. This shirt was oversized. It was clean. It was a good tee. Like I, I, I'm, so I don't care about the like size. Yeah. Oh, it probably that shirt was an, that would have been an XL. If DJ threw that on. He, he would also be swimming in that. I'm just saying. You also coming coming from a person that wears a girl's jacket. Or okay, so girl's now, see, this police. is where I this is where I saw this going. This is where I saw this going. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna mention the girls the girl. It was a girl shirt. I thought that was that was what was next. But. No, girls. It sweater. was a nice shirt. Yeah, I yeah, know it's clean. It's Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see those girls like the spandex shorts now and with the oversized shirts. That was Andrew. <laughs> that was Andrew. I, <laughs> honestly, like I I don't I wouldn't even have a problem. You'll watch. All right, let's, we'll, we'll see this week. I'll see you next Monday. I'll, you'll see what I'm wearing. Have, there's no pride here. There's no pride here. We'll see. He's a beard short, showed up in compression shorts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, skivvies. Skivvies in a big tee. Right. I don't know if I need to be here. I'll make sure it'll be a day that you're here. I'm looking forward to this. We'll have an interview so that day. Oh, you got good swag, bro. I'll Thank you. you. Cali vibe. Yeah. Cali vibe. Cali vibe. Sa- San Diego took over my uh, my outfits and whatnot. Yeah. So. Not NorCal vibe. No, 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 too hot here to be in NorCal. Yeah, you know, yeah, we gotta wear beanies and jackets. What would you say is the beanies and jackets? Beanies, jackets, jeans, tighter, tighter jeans. So north, NorCal. Yeah, at least it's not like the the Oregon cats, you know what I mean? Like, or the Oregon Pacific Northwest vibe is very like way too hipster, way too hipster. Yeah, Yeah. people tried bringing that to San Diego and just it's not a good look. There's a difference. No, you got. 
good good vibe with San Diego is definitely Viore. That yeah. brand. Yeah, Viore's heat in San Diego. Heat. Yeah, Viore's heat heat here as well. Yeah. It's perfect. Shout out Viore. Yeah. Sponsor us, Viore. <laughs> sponsor us. Oh, sponsor yeah. us. All right, sweet. That'd be sick. So, yeah, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Moving on from fashion to, to baseball. So Dylan, we brought you on today to talk about you know who you are, first of all. Like I've been working with you forever, you've been working with us forever. You bring a lot of good shit to us, you know, and we're thankful for that, first of all. But um who are you? Yeah, so I mean <laughs> who, in terms for of people push, don't know you. Yeah, in yeah. terms of push, I'm kind of a push OG. I've been with DJ for forever. Really a turning point in my career. So I've been our first facility in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OG, OG. And then, yeah. so born in Canada, and moved to the U.S. to play baseball. Was drafted, went to the Orioles. Wasn't any good. Done like '88, and decided to try and turn my career around. Met DJ, met some other programs, and then after that year, came back a year after, got signed, and I was averaging 95. And that's back when it was kind of against the grain to be throwing plow balls to be lifting heavy and doing all this stuff so kind of pioneer in that sense with guys like dj and other facilities and it's been cool to see it grow and really expand how much more we know about pitching and lifting and everything now what was kind of your old school thought on throwing i know we just we kind of just off air talked about this a little bit ago you know you you were a good pitcher right and then you became a thrower and lost had lost your way how to how to pitch right um so yeah like what yeah so there's just a fine line and I, I crossed it so there's definitely a minimum you need to get to like if you throw 83 and you're trying to play professionally it's not going to happen but with the way we know how to train and stuff nowadays there's no reason most guys that actually have the talent should be able to average 93 plus i mean i know it's hard but that's just the truth of it if that's the minimum you have to get to that and once you get to that there's diminishing returns. So, I mean, I was, I've been up to 99, averaging 95, 96, but then I kept searching for that extra mile an hour and I lost what my best tool was, was competing. And guys that play with me in 17 and 18, I'm sure could agree that my best attribute was I could compete. You give me the ball, no matter how, my, how I felt, and I was just going to go compete. And then as I kept chasing mechanics and chasing stuff and all this, now I'm out there thinking about, oh, is my back leg turning over in time? Like, is my arm in the right position, and all of a sudden I'm spraying balls. And I'm not a good pitcher anymore. You, yeah, I'm nasty. I'll throw you a good bullpen, and you can post it on Instagram. But my goal is to be a big leaguer, and looking good on Instagram is a lot different than being a big leaguer at the end of the day. These are world-class competitors, and if you're not out there competing, you're going to get exposed. Look what happened to me last year. Yeah. Like, I lost my way, but I'm glad I did it because now I can finally realize that I went too far. They talk about old school versus new school. There's definitely a blend. Um, and if you're picking one side, you're you're picking a losing side because they're both going to lose. So that's um, that's huge. And I think that's something you bring to us. You, I think you you've always challenged me on the throwing stuff. Like you taught me a lot, right? Where yeah, I'm I'm not the throwing coach, but you know we've had a lot of I mean too many conversations that count, right? Like does this does this even fucking matter what we're doing kind of thing, right, Andrew? Mm -hmm. Like we've we've had those conversations, right? Whether that be in the weight room, whether that be drills, mechanics, whatever you want to say, right? Um, those are things that you challenged me with. I was like, yeah, like I thought for sure, like you have to do a pivot pick off this way, right? Or you have to do this this way. You know, your throwing program has to be set up this way. But it's like at the end of the day, you, the person needs what they need, right? 
And that's something you challenge me on the throwing side. I've done that in the weight room, right? And why not do that on the, on the throwing side? Like you see too many people have a cookie cutter program where it's just like a print and go program and they don't know how to do the drills right. They don't know how to do this right. But like, I've seen it firsthand, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, so to that point, it's just we're kind of at, at the point where there is a minimum for everything. So yeah. it's like a minimum for a throwing program. Like, yeah, anybody can write a throwing program. But it's like, when do you blend that old school part? And I think a big part of the old school part is culture. And if I'm excited to go train that day, I'm going to get way more out of it than if I am to just go train. Like, I can have a better program. And granted, it has to be the minimum. But if it's like a little bit better technically, but I'm not excited to go do that versus we argued on this before, the bench stuff. I'm like, dude, this fires me up. Like, I'm, I want a bench. I want to do barbell pullovers should have done it blew up my shoulder but like, <laughs> i wanted to do it i would literally wake up in the morning he was I fired up i didn't need yeah. coffee i would fucking want to run through the wall i couldn't get to the gym fast enough because i got to do barbell pullovers and that was my best program at that time granted I ended up with a fully torn labor and broken shoulder and this <laughs> dislocated shoulder but hey like I learned, but you were fired up. Yeah, I was. He was fired, fired up, up with a broken shoulder, though. <laughs> yeah. So like, don't take it as far as I did, but at the same time, I think what push does really well is bring that culture. And you talk to guys in here. So I remember talking to Doolittle actually, and he had previously trained at different places, but he's like, dude, I love coming in here just because I want to get to work. And a lot of guys say that just being around other people who want the same thing brings more out of you than a quote unquote best program. Exactly. And like you said, the culture aspect of it was like, we were talking about our, our uh, shuffle throws this off season, mm-hmm. or pull, down, pull downs this off season, right? Where you see big leaguers that you would never think of wanting to jump in and doing shuffle throws or pull downs, just jumping in on a below day because they were like, fuck, this is sick. They want to do it. Right. And same thing happens in the weight room, right? Like you, you, you brought some music. Like, I want to do bench press. All right, let's feed Dylan bench press. Like I want to do, Pull downs. All right, let's feed this person pull down, right? So you got to meet in the middle on the, on, on any kind of program, right? Like, I know there's probably better options out there on on the throwing stuff, or there's better options on the, on the strength stuff, or whatever it may be. But I'm okay with that because I know what we do works, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that we're not good by all means, but you <laughs> no, know, but I mean, there's a minimum, and yeah. like obviously pushes way past that minimum, but they could like. For example, you guys could either invest more time into research on how, I don't know, throwing-wise, how getting your pelvis into three degrees better of a position or your arm flexion, whatever, in some type of position on just spraying stuff. But, like, that versus investing in people that bring the energy and bring the culture, it's obvious what better investment there is there. It's all branding. kind of goes down to, like, a business standpoint. I've said this a hundred times, so if you know me, you've heard this, but like Apple versus Samsung. Samsung is a better phone. It is. has better features, does more things, but I guarantee you pretty much every single one of you listening to this looks down on their phone or you're listening on an Apple. And Apple will come out with those features in two years, but they've branded so much better and made it cool and excited. Like you're excited to get the new Apple iPhone. I've never heard somebody be like, Yo, I just, got, I just got this new Samsung. <laughs> it's true. Whereas you'll see, so it's just, it just comes down to that. It's just exciting people and understanding the human element. And as we move more into like this tech space of everything, like, yeah, that's great. But until the AI and everything figures out how to really hone in on that human element, 
we're going to need humans and people to really push us because that's what we thrive off of still. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I've always put first in our business is that you can test for the people, mm-hmm. right? I care about the person. You know, I care about my coaches, care about my athletes, care about my family. You know what I mean? And once you you put that second to money or second to research, like you're you're, you're losing, in my opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. And having the ability just to come into work every day and work with actual humans and change their lives and see how fired up they are fires me up to come to work, right? And when they buy into our programming, our our strength stuff, our throwing stuff, or, or whatever it may be, that, that's, a, that's a bonus, right? And just knowing people outside of work, that's number one for me. Like, I hang out with you all the time. Like, yeah, Dylan, I've, I've lived with you twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two off seasons, yeah. you know? And like, last five weekends in a row, he's been at my house, you know? It's just like, it's just family, you know? That's what it's about. But, but at the same time, like, we do need to produce those results, yep. right? If we're that's we, the, the minimum we're talking about, exactly. you can't like if Apple, we'll go back to this just to make it more. If Apple was just terrible, if it was a terrible phone, but a sick branding, you're going to buy it one time, mm-hmm. but that's it. Same thing for a gym. Oh, it's like, I, I'm not literally not calling anyone now because I don't know or care, but say you see a gym sick advertising. It's like, Oh, this is awesome. You go in and it's a bunch of slap dicks. Like don't know what they're talking about. Okay, you made a one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. The goal of branding and culture and everything is to get these repeat customers because that's when you get results. You're not going to get a result in a month. And there's haters everywhere, so people can say whatever, but the reason push is so big now isn't luck. It, and it's just not. And I'm saying this objectively as somebody who's been on the inside and the outside, stuck to branding so well that that's why it's growing. And you see a lot of these companies that have gotten big Walmart anywhere and it applies to some baseball companies, but they lose their brand and their culture and then they start to go down. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't stick to your brand, you have nothing. If you don't have a brand, you have nothing. You have no identity. Yeah, you have nothing. You yeah. have a piece of paper, like you have a program, cool, yeah. but what's your brand? Like, what do you stand for? Yeah. And along those lines, like people will come in the door and not fit your brand. Absolutely not. And that's great. They can go somewhere else, but don't change for them. Yeah. Just for hiring, just for athletes, go for everything. And that's, you'll see turnover everywhere. And people will always want the, the grass to be greener somewhere else. And I'm guilty of that too. I've searched everywhere, but I was also coming up at a time where we didn't know. Exactly. It was just like the forefront. So I was kind of a test dummy and I put myself through everything and I'm glad I did. But now you're better for that. Yeah. And so if I make one more comeback, like I'll know what I need to do with a clear mind and that's fine, but I've already failed my way. So. If I did walk away from it now, I'm fine with it because I before I get released, tell the pitching coordinator to fuck off or whatever, and it's like this yeah. happened. Really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> it's happened a couple times, but it's because I it was I believed in something and I stood for it. You're passionate for it. Yeah, and I've just never been able to kind of sit back and if I know somebody's wrong about something, just accept it and move on. Yes, I could have dealt with it better, but. I was young, had some head issues, and it came out like it just did. And but now I know from it. So, but now we know there's places like Push. There's a bunch of other ones. I know people can obviously think of them that have had success. So go there, learn from them. You don't need to do it yourself. Yeah, it doesn't work. Look at me. I literally tried to do it myself, and it, it was close, but it didn't work. There's guys that I was a better competitor than at certain points that are in the big leagues, guys that have better stuff than 
they're in the big leagues, but they earned it because they found the path that was right. And I chose the path that was wrong, but it was the path that I thought was right. So I'm fine with it. And it's not, excuse. they deserve to be there. If you're a big leaguer, you're a fucking big leaguer. And I don't care. It's one day. People, you're on the list. Uh, yeah. Short list. I'm going to shout out a friend here, uh, Connor Overton. Yeah. So I've, I've come up with this dude. We played indie ball everywhere together. We're sitting on benches in 16 and indie ball just both slapped us. We're like, we're going to make this. Like, we're going to do this. He believed he was a big leader from day one. Um, he's worked with you a little bit too. Yeah. And just, but he just believed in himself. Like, no one ever really believed in him. I always did because I've seen it. But then he finally makes it. And I've heard from numerous ex-teammates that we've had with the Giants being like, oh, like, can't believe Connor made it. Like, he, I was so much better than him. I was like, yeah, you were better than him, but he's better than you now because he fucking kept working and believed in himself. So it's, it's hilarious to hear these people say this. They're just mad at their own careers when this dude literally took advantage of what was in front of him, got better, and now he's two starts in the big leagues this year and he's fucking shoved. Yeah, he's done, done awesome. Yeah. One at course. Yeah. Which is so yeah. hard to do. Yeah, dude, but that's the thing. He doesn't care. It's like, yeah. oh, you, oh, that sucks. Overton has to pitch at court. It doesn't fucking matter like, at all. So just guys like that. That's the stories that I like. Yeah, 100%. What, how about you? Like, what's the biggest thing you learned? Like, I know we talked about all this stuff. Like, what did you truly learn through this whole process, experience, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. What, I mean, with all your failures, right, what was the biggest thing? Was it get out of your own way? Was uh, it? Yeah, well, it, basically that it's it's easier than you think it is, but it's way harder, if, if that makes any sense. So it's like, you just have to put in the fucking work. I, I think you can attest to this. That's what I did. I yep. showed up every day. I put in the work. If I was doing the wrong work, that's fine, but I'm putting in the work. And you see dudes, even here, they'll still be like, oh, if I were a couple inches taller, like, I would throw 90, 95, whatever, but they're throwing, like, 88. It's like, okay, dude, I see you work. If I were five, like I'm six nine. If I were five nine, I fucking guarantee you I'd figure out a way to throw ninety five, and then you wouldn't hear an excuse. So it's like, yeah, you you have this limitation, but don't hold it against. I grew up in Canada. We played baseball for two months a year, but it's like, okay, I sucked then, and I figured out training to get it done. Like I sucked in 2016, 15. I was throwing eighty seven. That's but now my slider and my splitter are eighty seven. Granted lucky to be huge but it wasn't easy i promise you that yeah it's just putting in the work yeah get out of my own way no to be honest i don't know maybe yeah maybe. yeah that's just, my, that's what i've seen with you i just didn't know the thing is like i, I have a problem trusting people especially back then because they're yeah. mostly old school guys in yeah and i mean when i'm fucking pitcher of the year and San Jose, I'm the only one like doing work before games. I'm doing my plow ball routine. Meanwhile, dudes are kicking a soccer ball, throwing an ultimate frisbee, like sitting there. Like, who gets yelled at me? So that's where my, my trust issues stem from. I'm literally trying to put my work in, but because what I'm doing is a little different, I'm the the odd man out. So it just turned into like this hate thing for me. So I just hated all these coaches when I really shouldn't have. There's some good ones out there that. I wish I could have trusted more and leaned into more, but at that point it was like it was me against the world. Like obviously you guys, but I'm talking in no, yeah, I feel you. Like it, was, it was it was me against the world. And that's what I felt like. Yeah, for sure. And it worked until honestly I got hurt, and yeah. I just I think after I got hurt is when I, the concussion is when I lost that competitive fire. I was like, oh, if I need to get back in, I need to throw hundred. I need to have the most turn into a train training 
yeah. athlete. You can have the athlete. most beautiful splitter. I yeah. need to have, like, okay, your splitter is sick, dude, but you yeah. can't fucking throw for a strike. It's <laughs> cool. It's good in the bullpen <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, God, what was I going to ask you? I was going to say something. I think, well, how about on the throwing side now? Like, you know, it's, with you, it's like when you, we were working together, it's like, yeah, you would, you know, we we do our strength stuff. You have your, in, your input. I gave you kind of full autonomy of your strength program. Like, all right, I'm going to give you X, Y, Z. We have to do, but you have to, you can do whatever the hell you else after that, right? I don't really do that with a whole lot of guys, right? Just, uh, I know because I, I wanted you to stay fired up. I wanted you to be, yeah. be happy coming into the gym and being kind of connected, if that makes sense, right? How about on the throwing side of stuff? Like, I know you kind of, mess with a few mechanical tweaks like you're all about like the lower half doesn't matter it's all it's all about arm path blah 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 right yeah. let's talk about that a little bit yeah that's not just a journey because i didn't know yeah. and i don't think anybody knew i think honestly drive on was starting to figure it out but they yeah. still didn't know yeah. and there's just i saw i was obsessed with joe kelly for a while like obsessed obsessed and i changed my arm path like worked like that and it worked but i think just over time i learned you don't need to make all these changes and most of the time it's just the skill of throwing isn't there so if you get on a program and you're motivated to do it you, yeah we'll need to make little tweaks but my problem was i learned way too much mm -hmm. honestly like no way too many intricate details about throwing that i wish i had somebody to be able to break down for me but i didn't because it didn't exist um and now it does in a lot of places yeah honestly and they do a good job of that yeah and they do like a lot of places do it so i just wish i had a coach to kind of dumb all that down because then i turned into Somebody that knew too much, and I wasn't a person that should have. I was a player that honestly just needed to be like, yo, here's the ball, like, go fuck these guys up. Yep. And I turned into the, uh, if, if I don't land in this position at foot plane, if, I, if my arm doesn't feel this, if my splitter doesn't, it's just like, dude, throw the ball. Yeah. Like, you're there, you earned all this stuff, you're nasty, just go throw now, like compete, and it just never could click back in on time. So. Yeah, I remember we've, we've gone through some journeys on Dylan arguing with that lower half doesn't matter, and then yeah. then saying the lower half does matter, and then his shin needs to be slammed to the ground, and then what else have we done? No, there's, there's, what else have we done? It was just learning, and like it was just me trying to learn, but um, I don't regret any of that. Like, no. I was honestly exper experimenting, and then I got to work for a company that kind of showed what matters, and then I kind of took that too far. So my problem was I just wanted to know more and more and more which is good as a coach, but it's terrible as a player. Absolutely. And so I guess I just wasn't in a time, it's not an excuse, but it just wasn't a time where somebody was able to produce that to me in a way that I could trust because yeah. I just didn't trust anyone. How about, let's talk about Coach Dylan. Now you worked with a couple of our greatest high school athletes we've had, right? With Trevor Meisner, Kel Lansville, Brock, Brock Selvage, right? Anybody else that you, Raddick? Yeah, like all these kids, Division One drafts prospects. Carson uh, Herman. Carson Herman. Yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, talk about that now. Like, how did you take what you've learned, being you know failing with your way, right, and then applying that to a Brock or a Kale or a Trevor? Yeah, just I got to figure out what matters and kind of what I had wished that I had been told versus what was actually happening because it's like the feel versus real thing everybody throws it around but it's just learning what actually works and what matters but ultimately what i learned in this time was the biggest thing that works is caring like truly caring like you have to know i always talk about the minimum if you don't know certain things we're not even having you're not competition you're not in the same discussion not being cocky it's just the truth if you aren't good enough then 
we're not talking about it. But once you pass that minimum level of knowing, the biggest thing is caring. If you can show a dude that you care and like be there for them, that's what's going to get the best results. Granted, a lot of these dudes you just named, like the Kales and the Brocks, like these are honestly close to once in a lifetime pitchers at their age. The Kale is pulling down 99 when he's 13 or 14 years old. Uh, Brock is, I mean, hard, probably the hardest working kid I've ever worked with. One of the top prospects, I yeah, think. Yeah, and he's, he just deserves it, but it's just like, Actually, going into Brock, like he dealt with some struggles where he kind of took it too far, and literally to bring him back to where he's at right now, he's doing great. It's just everything needed to be dumbed back down, and he just needed to be like, "Dude, you're a really good competitor. Your stuff's gonna be there. Let's just simplify this." And all of a sudden, he's nine four nine six again, and gonna be in the big leagues sooner rather than later. Yep. So still only eighteen years old. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's just it's just applying like the care and like for Brock, like Kale, all of them, they just want. They, they can trust that I know my stuff because yeah. I've proven it and I've done it to myself, but they also can see that I care. Exactly, and I think that's them coming to you. You know, Kale has had struggles, right? Brock has had struggles. Trevor's had struggles, right? And all three of them bring those struggles to you, right, as yeah. a coach? Yeah, it's, but it's because they know that I've been through it. Yeah. Um, so that's I think it's helped me more as a coach as it did as a player. They extended my career. I should have been done in 15 yeah, like there's no reason I should have made it back, but I got to learn all this stuff, meet all these people, and it's just been cool to watch these guys grow and think now, kind of see what kind of impact I can make deeper than that, I guess. For sure. I know you're helping Andrew a lot with our throwing stuff too, right? And you're just, you know, kind of helping helping uh, Andrew on the floor a little bit and, uh, you know, just, you know, having discussions with him. Like what, what kind of like, what's kind of your expertise? Andrew, what, uh, uh, Andrew mm-hmm. answer this one. Like, what have you learned from Dylan on the throwing side of stuff? I know you've had some great mentors with Rob and Rob Hill and Simon Matthews and, you know, those guys. But, you know, it's pretty cool to work side by side with Dylan, who's actually – who hasn't made it, right, has had a fuck ton of failures, but is silly smart mm-hmm. and, and honestly too smart sometimes. And I beat Dylan in bags the other day for the first time. Yeah, like, who taught you? <laughs> yeah, Dylan. <Something> like <laughs> beat him 20 to 4. Let's go. Yeah, um – <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, I think first things first is just like you mentioned it a little bit earlier is like there are things that matter and there are things that matter for certain people. And those certain people, it's a very select group. It's a very small group that actually need this like super, super intricate work. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, like there are certain things that matter, like strength is very undermined in the throwing world. Um, mobility is also relatively undermined. Everyone, you know, parents think, you know, oh, like it's a mechanical thing. It's a mechanical thing. Like, oh, like lift knee to chest, extend leg out. Like that's going to solve the, the problem. It's like, that does nothing. Like it does nothing, but domes a kid up. Right. Um, but I think like main thing so far, at least that you've taught me is like, it's, uh, it, it is a culture thing for a coach. Like if you're a good person, you have the knowledge you care about the athletes that you're working with and you put them on a good program and you give them cues that aren't going to dumb them up. You're going to see results like, like full blown, especially, especially if the kid wants it. Right. I think at the end of the day, like it comes down to that, but you know, moral of the story is like, you don't have to uh, over explain things. You don't have to like go super into detail. It, it, it just, it pushes things too far down the line 
And when it when it is that that big that big leaguer, for example, like with with Griff or with with Burr, Burr is a great example. Like me and him got super intricate with stuff, worked to where the, to the point where like he he needed to hear how it works to get the idea of what he was trying to do. But like he's he's a pitcher for the White Sox. Like he's not going to get dumbed up when it's time to compete. He's going to compete and he's going to do his thing. Um, but yeah, just just taking taking a step back and like hey like we have the tools necessary to get guys really freaking good and like make them good with what we have. And like it, and it works. So um, yeah, it's kind of what I got. This is just simplifying everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Literally but, simple. But I mean, that's why Andrew's good. And that's why, I mean, we were talking about like the Rob Hill and uh, Eric with the, the Reds. Like these are two dudes that came up with driveline. They're super analytical. They have that, but, the reason that they've grown to what they are is they worked on their personal brand of, yes, they know their shit, but they can communicate. Like, can literally, Rob is unreal, actually. Yeah. Doesn't use the biomechanics like, but he can dumb down what he knows happens in there to anyone. You explain to an eight-year-old. Yeah. And that's why he's where he's at, because he brings a culture. He's going to bring energy every day. Yeah. And if you can bring energy and know your shit, that's, that's the ultimate thing. So, yeah, I mean... It's all branding, personal branding. We talked about, I mean, Andrew talked about like personal branding. Like, if you want to grow or whatever, like, get a personal brand. And I'm not talking YouTube and stuff. I'm talking about your daily stuff. Like, talk, I, I won't imagine we talk about some things, but even how you like present yourself. Yeah. When you show up somewhere, you can tell who's who, kind of. And it's not why you, you created tall and tapered. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to show up in like some crazy suit, but like everything you do is to your personal brand and. You can create whatever you want. Hundred percent, and that's I think your attitude every day, right? Bringing energy to your trainer, your trainees, your your coaches under you, right? Mm-hmm. And like if I'm if I'm having a bad day, like Ashton will let me know right away. She's like, "What's wrong with you today?" You know, <laughs> true. Same for me. Too, yeah. Other way around right. Too. <laughs> Honestly, right? Yeah. Like it, it wear I, I wear that, and like people can see that. If like if I walk in the gym and everybody's looking up to me, all this just the staff alone is like, "Fuck, DJ's not happy today," or you know, not having a good day or whatever it may be, it just brings the morale down, you know, and bring, bring a smile to the kid's face first and foremost. We need to do that before they can get results, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like we saw that even going back to Burr this last off season, right, where he, he was struggling. Kid has an elite cutter, right, elite cutter. Probably, I think it was top in the big leagues last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. really good. And, um, you know, he was just starting to, like, just get down and depressed and not, like, couldn't figure it out, like what was going on. It didn't, you know. Then what was it about? Was it Velo or was it, it was a Velo thing? It was a Velo yeah. thing. So, you know, he just like throw run as hard as he can. He's like ninety. He's like, this yeah. is like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I'm. I suck, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, all we did was love on him, and we knew it was there, and you know, gave him some love in the weight room, just like some jumps, some, some basic stuff to spike him up and make him happy again. And then next thing you know, he's ninety seven again, you know, and. Just like that attitude change is what what helps you get over that hump as well. well yeah, this is human nature. I mean, you go to a park uh, where there's a bunch of little kids running around yeah. and they're playing the game, like whatever they're doing. Like the first thing they do is look at their parent, and like you can see a parent in their phone, like it it yeah. puts the kid down. Yeah. Whereas if, they, if you see like a parent that's super into it, yeah. the kid it's generally a happier kid. Um, so exactly. Like the dads that work all the time, it's just it's caring, and that applies to coaching i mean it's human interactive psychology it's just how we're wired we just want people to care and if you're somewhere that doesn't care it's it takes it i'll say this 
there's some people that can get by with somebody not caring. Like a David Goggins, like <laughs> that dude's gonna just get it done. But what is that? Five people in the world. Yeah, like that. <laughs> like where those dudes are mostly like Marines. They're like SEAL Team yeah, Six yeah. type shit. Like yeah. there's just not a lot of people that are wired like that and you see all these motivational speakers are like, oh, you got to want it bad enough. But, like, sometimes there's people that are good enough that just need somebody to help them care. Yep. And they aren't the grinder that's willing to. And say the right language, too, right? Yeah. Put it in the right context. You know, a lot of people, like, you know, for me, for example, like, I know I need to speak to Maverick different than I need to speak to Easton, my two sons, right? If I'm mean to Easton at all, he shuts down. Right, whatsoever but maverick's like i'll prove you wrong uh, you know kind of thing yeah. we have athletes like that too like you got to fire up an athlete or you got to take a step back with the athlete you know and i think that's what we do a good job is like every coach has their own personality every athlete has their own personality right especially on the weights uh, weight training stuff we have five coaches with different personalities mm-hmm. and each coach me- meshes different with each personality mm-hmm. of the athlete right right now it's only pretty much you two on the throwing side but we have other guys coming in and stuff mm-hmm. like you know some some guys are really smart some guys are awkward some guys are you know really swaggy right it's just that's you swaggy thank you appreciate yeah, that you're um <laughs> uh, you know what i mean so like you, you guys will connect with those with those athletes in the, on that on that uh on that tier there you know um how about on the remote side though like let's talk about that like how do you connect with the athletes we have a good remote program mm-hmm. right um we got a lot of guys on the remote program. We have, you know, how do you connect with those with those guys remotely? Communication, ten times out of ten, I think. I think it, it it honestly comes down to the same thing. It's a matter of caring. You know, I look. I, I think about you know as a remote athlete back in the day is like, you know, the guys, the the coaches that were there for me when I whenever I had questions and had like, you know, like kind of like things that I needed quick responses on. I, I loved it. I loved just like training under them and I wanted to like do what they were giving me. And I think it's the same thing with us. It's like, I know for myself, I, I really like try my best to like give my athletes like what they need. If they shoot me a text, like mid, mid throwing session, you know, I'll, I'm going to do my best to get back. I also obviously like try and tell them when they're like, tell them to text me when they're going to throw, but um, things like that, just like, just, it's a matter of care at the end of the day and just like communicate with them. Um, and, and, and it's funny too, because I noticed we see a lot of like really good results with our, with our remote clients. And I think a piece of it is since there's not that one-on-one, which obviously the one-on-one is really, really important, but since there isn't that over complication of things with the remote side, I think guys can kind of just like, oh, this is my program. This is what I'm going to run with. And like, I'm going to complete my stuff for the day. And if I have questions at the end, I'm going to ask my questions, but like, they just have to kind of go and, and, and do their stuff. And there are obviously there's the dudes who like need to reach out more often than, than others. But like, I think we've seen super, super good results with the majority of our remote clients. And I think that could be a, a big piece of, of yeah, why. One we were just talking on off air. Um, it was that's what three Colton Snet. Yeah. Colton. Yeah. Colton. Yeah. yeah. 78. When he yeah. It came in like 78, 80 maybe. And like, he just hit 88 the other day and just, mm-hmm. he's been having the most absurd year of his career. How so, long did that take him to get to that point? He started in, February, I want to say. That's awesome. It, he had like he had like five weeks before season started, so. And and I bet you didn't talk about mechanics with him, did you? We literally never talked about <laughs> mechanics. No. Ever, right? What literally. Was, never. What was your biggest emphasis with him? Uh, st- sticking to the program, sticking the program, fo- like following it to a T, asking questions when you have questions, but the questions he asked me weren't mechanically based. They were like, oh, like, 
on this day, I have a, I have a velo day. Like, should I be let, letting it flip or letting it rip? And I was like, yep, exactly. Like, that's that's like exactly the point of it, you know? So keeping it very, very simple for us. He also got way stronger. But he got way stronger. Yeah. yeah. Eric, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, shout out to Eric for that. Yeah. But how are you doing on the remote stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's basically just really showing that you care. And obviously, there's limitations to remote. I mean, it's not in person, but a lot of these guys that need it are in kind of in areas where the nearest real gym of like baseball training facility might be like four hours away, or there might not even be anything. Growing up, there was literally nothing for me, and I know that still exists. So if you can have a program that has been proven to work, which it has, and a coach that cares, like that's a that's a package of somebody willing, like ready to really take off in their career. And a lot of these guys have never really done anything, so they really just need a program and care. Just a low low hanging flute too. Yeah, right. And, right? and it's just like low hanging flute. Yeah, flute. It's, it's really a new thing. It's really not <laughs> that hard to go from eighty three to ninety, but it is hard if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it to, it's hard because you have to put in the work. But there, it's time and time again. There's been so many systems rolled out, different companies here, anywhere else, where guys have done this. Yeah. The, the framework is there, the like the storyline, everything is right there for you. And it's just putting in the work and having some and trusting somebody to take you there. And I think that's what pushed for us. And then also you got the kids that don't text you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. like but we, we have to you do what you can. You, you gotta do what you can, exactly. Yeah. But just show you care and if they don't care, yeah. then there's you can't say you can't say to everybody. Yeah. But if you're somebody who actually wants it and doesn't have access to that, and you think that you can put in the work, then it's this right program for you. If you're just a dude that your parents want you to play, or you just kind of want to do it, then you might get a little bit of results, but you've seen it a hundred times, you're not going to get a ton. And it's like you, a throwing program is not a program where you skip a day, Yeah. right? I can – I hate saying this as a strength coach. You can skip a fucking day in a weight room. Like, let's be honest. It's not going to ruin you. You skip a day in your throwing program, like I've seen Dylan, I've seen you get fucking pissed mm-hmm. at guys, right? You know, obviously things pop up, mm-hmm. right? But you know, that's something you can't skip. It's about consistency yeah. on the throwing program. Yeah, and there's a reason like these programs are set up for like multiple weeks. Like there are phases yeah. of throwing. If you're if you're like in a middle of a velo phase and like, oh hey, I'm I, I have a tournament this week, and can I go play in it? It's like. Is it gonna is it gonna ruin everything? Like no, but then like everything has to get pushed back and like it's 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 missed opportunities for for like the progress to be made. You know what I mean? Sounds like our conversation yesterday. Exactly the same. Way. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard with today's culture to really get people to believe that they shouldn't be playing because everybody just thinks you need to play every games, go to showcases, yeah. and we know it's been said a hundred times even on this. It's just like be worth showcasing. How do you be worth showcasing? Train for it. Work hard for it. They're, yeah, cool. You can say Chris Sale played all these games. You're not Chris Sale. Yeah. Yeah, you can say, oh, DeGrom's not like Jack. Okay, you're not DeGrom. You're not and never will be. I'm not, never will be. I don't know anybody that will be. Yeah. Um, so, like, stop comparing yourself to the outlier. And But also, a lot of these guys work hard. Like, people say, like, Michael Jordan, Kobe's like, okay, literally read anything on them, and they're the most psychotic workers of all time. Yep. So it's just like, there's, you're not that guy, basically. Yep. You're, you're, you're not, not that guy. you're not that guy that was born to be whoever and be the best. Yep. Well, I mean, 
you look at you compare you compare Kobe and, and Michael Jordan, right? It's like Kobe, in my opinion, had a better mindset than Jordan, right? I think Jordan probably had a better skill set. You know, truthfully, I think Jordan's the best player. This is going to be a whole podcast of its own. I think Jordan's one of the best player of all time, right? I think Kobe, the mama mentality, he built a name off of that. He branded that, right? Because that's what made him great, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Jordan had it too. Maybe Kobe. Might I'm just saying. I'm not yeah. saying he didn't. I'm saying Kobe was on the next level of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jordan was on the next level skill wise. Yeah. I mean, they both just really wanted it, and I think a lot of here. I'll, I'll dabble into this because I do have an opinion on it. I think LeBron <laughs> is the most skilled basketball player of all time, and I don't think there's an argument. But he doesn't have the mama mentality at all. No. But it's fine because that's not what today is. He's business savvy. It's all these things like that's Jordan was. He kind of. He was just smart and taking equity. Yeah. But like LeBron is literally investing and like drawing his business and he he's in LA. Like that's awesome. He's the best, right? Like however old, but he doesn't have that killer mindset like those no. two. No, that's and that's what separates him. I think Kobe had that killer mindset. Jordan just had the instinct to do it, and LeBron's just that business athletic person. Yeah, he's just he's <laughs> just really, really good. He's really good. Yeah, hey, he is good. I mean, look what he what he's doing now at thirty eight years old is absurd. Yeah, but he also takes care of his body better than everybody else. Exactly, hundred percent. Sweet. I think that's all I had for the day. Got any other arguments on LeBron and Jordan? I got LeBron. You yeah. got LeBron. Easy. He's better. Yeah, we don't have to get. We don't have to get. How old are you? I'm twelve. <laughs> okay, but you. Didn't, you See, I was just like barely old enough to remember Jordan still playing. So I don't think you ever really got to no, see I never, you just I never see, like, watched. Well, maybe with the Wizards, but yeah, I was well, probably five. No, I think that. Never mind. Yeah, I still got LeBron though. <laughs> that's fair. Would you buy a pair of LeBron shoes or Jordans? Okay. Yeah, I see Jordans all day long. <laughs> okay, exactly. My point. My point's over. Jordan's Sponsored by Push Performance Remote Throwing and yes. Working Out Training today and Jordan. And MJ. And MJ. Shout out. And tall and tape. And tall and tape. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us.